Hello, this is Speedball Mike Bailey from Impact Wrestling. You're listening to Wrestle In. Listening podcast for All In on AEW. I'm Alex, one of the co-hosts, and I'm joined by MX Shark today. Hiya! We have a lot to talk about today. Um, oh, we there's, sure do. It's surprisingly positive. Recently, we had a Dynamite 200, which was a fucking tremendous show. It was peak it really 2019 was. AW, and it felt like the hardest of resets. It did. It did. I mean, we've been seeing a lot of hard resets um, that kind of went back to the same old, same old, same old. So I'm not going to like completely declare a return to form. However... Considering how I felt before Dynamite 200 versus after Dynamite 200, and there are multiple uh, different factors for it, but like Dynamite 200 was was felt real like it felt really good. It felt, I was engaged it felt like from a... the first minute until it went off air. It was it was a Dynamite that was booked for me. It was great. It's really interesting yeah yeah definitely um i feel the same like it was a dynamite that was made for me um because normally you know normally i consider a good episode of dynamite to be one where there's a full hour of stuff that i like you know i have noticed it's interesting that you say that i have begun i had developed that feeling as well but I went back and watched like a couple of 2019 shows. Yeah. And that hasn't always been the case. And I guess there's a little bit of looking through things uh, via rose tinted glasses, but Dynamite 200 was one of those shows. And like, let's not lie and say that 2019 AW was always good. It really wasn't. There was a lot right, of bullshit. Of they were trying to figure things out. But um, this felt like one of those old AEW shows where they just knew what the creative direction of AEW was and who that they were booking these shows for and yeah. they just lent so heavily into that that you couldn't do anything but smile whilst you were watching it it was so good it was it was really good and like yeah so you know, it was really interesting watching this show and then like going through it and be like, oh, like this is really good and this is really good and this is really good and like everything was just really good. And there were a couple for me, two big shock wins. Yes. Um, um Trent, really- when it when Trent won, I literally exclaimed, What the fuck? Me too. Me too. Like, I, I was, was like, oh, watch, I was in my bed on my phone and I actually like turned to my wife and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like we were shocked. Me, like me and my me and my uh dynamite watch crew, we were shocked. And it's not because Trent doesn't deserve it, it's because we've been begging for well, like whenever Trent has been in a match, he's been the fall guy. Yeah, yeah. And like, so I have been conditioned to think if Trent is in a match, he's taken the ball. And that's okay because he always looks good coming out of it. Some people can just do that, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, 
had this really fun interaction with people on Twitter. It was like, um, someone said, like, oh, I really want Trent to win tonight. And I was like, Tony Khan's j- just now asking you what color unicorn you would prefer. Like... <laughs> 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 that uh that tweet aged uh extremely poorly or extremely well depending on it, ex- it aged really fucking poorly i'm not joking like two seconds after the <laughs> pinfall somebody tweeted back into it, it was like so you mentioned unicorns <laughs> <laughs> you know what if ever if ever you're going to be clowned on on twitter for a bad prediction I would hope that it would be a prediction like that. <laughs> it was my favorite interaction on Twitter for ages because, like, when I tweeted the, it was like, it was that old Santa joke, wasn't it? It was just like, oh, what do you want? Like, I oh, would like a a dragon, and then you ask for something realistic, and then Santa goes, okay, what color dragon do you want? And uh, <laughs> another person was that I tweeted was like, oh yeah, no, I hate how real how accurate that is. And then two seconds after the pinfall, I was like, so you mentioned unicorns. <laughs> I was like, I'm not even mad. That's fantastic. Tremperetta is our unicorn, uh, clearly. <laughs> What's a fucking unicorn? When was the last time he won? He won on TV. I could not tell you. Um, actually, I'm on Cage Match uh, right now. Let's see. Um... <laughs> and he was really good in that, by the way. Like he oh, yeah. um, assumed the John good. Moxley role, didn't he? It was just like someone sneezed at him, and he was like, "All right, I'm bleeding now." Yeah, yeah, it was good. It was. Good. It was really kind of like that was the thing. Like the entire match, kind of like other than you know the Penta high spots, the um, the John Moxley fucking people up, kind of like it was an entire match of sub expectation subversion, right? Like, yeah. Um, and by the way, I'd forgotten how bad Penta's chops were. It was like sometimes I kind of think to myself, like, oh, it would be quite fun to learn how to wrestle. And then I see a Penta chop and I'm like, no, it wouldn't. <laughs> I um, also sometimes have a thought, like, oh, it would be quite fun to learn how to wrestle. And then I see how every woman is treated. And I'm like, perhaps not. <laughs> Yeah, I would have a different experience. (laughs) Perhaps not. (laughs) We can delve into that treatment in a minute. We we will, we will certainly. But right now, it is, hell yeah, Trent Breda. It is crazy to me also that, like, he won in a match that had Penta and Jon Moxley in it. Yeah, right? Like, um, I mean, Penta doesn't take pinfalls, really. Like even in his singles matches, like he tends to do well if he's if he loses, like it's uh, kind of couched almost. But this yeah. was yeah, this was a really really good match, and like they didn't. I don't think they really protected people in this match. This was just a win. Like it was, it was just, good. Yeah. yeah, it was just a win. I feel like I feel like sometimes people don't need to be protected. I don't think John Moxley needs to be protected. I don't think no, Penta- he doesn't really needs to be protected like these are like really good guys who are over i think being overprotective of people sometimes yeah that was definitely that was definitely one of those matches that were that was uh for me and i enjoyed it greatly i kind of switched off because i was just like i don't i didn't know like so i switched off and came back into it and then i went back and watched it after the result because when trent is in a match I have been told that Trent is losing the match. So I just kind of like, I don't know which of the two is winning it. I assume it's Moxley and I assume it's Trent is winning it. 
Mm-hmm. And then I seen the pinfall, so I went back to back and watched it, and this was a fantastic match. Yeah, no, it was really wonderful. The crowd fucking loved it, by the way. Yeah, the crowd seemed to be really excited for this one. Um, and it was just like it, like the whole episode. And it was yeah. just wonderful. Like it just made me feel good. And then like, are we gonna get best friends versus BCC feud? Hell yes. Like hell yeah. Are we getting the feud, or did it end on Rampage? I haven't seen Rampage yet. I haven't seen Rampage. I I saw the Barbie movie instead of watching Rampage, so I haven't seen it yet. Probably chose Um, wisely. I mean, like, I do really want to see that parking lot brawl, like, really a lot. Um, but uh, but yeah, I will. I will definitely watch it. Um, pretty soon. Uh, probably later tonight. Um. But I hope I hope it doesn't end with the parking lot brawl. Like I would love to have like a whole faction feud, a la BCC versus the Elite between BCC and Best Friends. I mean, um, they kind of can't have it end really because uh, even if they lose the parking lot brawl, like they're not just gonna have Orange Cassidy take the loss and then that be the end of it, really, are they? Yeah, I don't think so. I think I think the like the best friends are so good like they are so good and they've gotten nothing for no reason um and i just like really think that having a feud with the bcc is just the thing like a lot of you can rehabilitate anyone right like... i mean like they can do anything kind of <laughs> like they have everything <laughs> they do um, like and that can really help yeah um make best friends a serious competitor in the viewer's eyes yeah because like this is a thing with the women's division but it also counts for um best friends if you present people as unimportant or show people that they are kind of an afterthought or present them as like the people that take the fall for a certain length of time yeah you need to rehabilitate them yes and that's where best friends are and it's not because they suck it's because no. that's just how they've been presented for the last four years and like this is, and there's nobody better to rehabilitate somebody like we've well, we seen john moxley with page right yeah like, he, re- he re- rehabilitated the fuck out page and great. and yeah that's that's where we are with them and like a feud with the bcc even if they lose is the right thing to bring them back into people thinking these guys are not shit yeah and yeah yeah. so um the uh six-man tag team match with the elite versus daily soul gesture and something i'm saying it was like one of those monkey monkey paw situations because like i hate Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett and Satnam Singh is like there and kind of amusing. Um, and he was certainly I mean, amusing yeah. in this match. I think, um, like, obviously, I paid attention to this match because uh, the elite can make anything look good. And it does. I, I cooked huh? food during this match. Did you really? Um, it was good. Yeah, I mean, there's not, there's not really a force on this earth that can make me pay full attention to a Jay Lethal match. Um, I, I mean, yeah, that's fair. Like it, I, I, I love Daily, but there are things about Jay Lethal that just preclude my investment. I caught a couple of glimpses, and it was when Matt ta- Matt asked for uh, 
fucking what's his name uh, to be tagged in, and then try. Yes, I'm saying, and then did the whole trying to tag into tagging in the elite thing, and mm-hmm. uh, Kenny and Nick were just like, "No, nah, fuck off, man," and and dropped down. It's like the most heel shit to do, but because they're so funny, it works. It's that is such a classic elite bit. Like it's a classic Young Bucks bit. Like yeah. all the way back in PWG. Um, like against war machine like this is a classic 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 young buck bit (laughs) where matt jackson breaks off like bites off more than he can chew and then tries to go running to his little brother and nick's like you did this like this is on you (laughs) it was the face of regret that he had when when sing stood up to him and he was just like Oh no, why did I? I got overexcited. Now I'm in the shit. Every time he does this, every time he does this, like I have mentioned this um, before uh, to you on Discord, but um, like Matt Jackson truly, I mean, both of them do, but especially Matt truly has Jack Russell Terrier energy. <laughs> like I grew up watching these tiny little dogs just harass the hell out of horses on this on this farm that i lived on at the time like all of the time just like just like these tiny little creatures just taking on this huge towering giant like yeah i could do this i could take this and like that is fucking matt like that's the young bucks it was so funny and like matt is very short and satnam singh is very tall and by the way, Kenny got him funny. into a one-winged angel, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, it was... Yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy. Like, that guy's enormous. And he, He's I so big. Don't, like, I can't tell how much of it was Singh pushing himself on the ropes. But yeah. Kenny got, but Kenny got him up, right? Like, yeah, I think part of it was Singh pushing on the ropes, but like also Kenny is a beast, absurdly strong. Like he's yeah. so strong, um, deceptively and, strong. Like yeah, like I always think that I know how strong Kenny is, and then he pulls some shit, and I'm like, oh shit, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That 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 that's what strong is. Um really good he's like actually strong though like there's like he's you know how you get i go to the gym strong and then i work on a boat strong like he's i work on a boat strong and it in like it's really deceptive he can pull off these strength feats that are beyond what you would think of him to look fit look at him like physically it's really impressive yeah no he's uh he's he's great um but yeah i love that i love that whole match it was fun um it was a it was a fun match uh my love for the elite it just kind of consumes all other things so if it comes to the elite versus somebody that i hate my love for the elite is always going to eclipse my hatred um even yeah. for jay lethal even for jeff jarrett <laughs> there's just i don't know i have proper mental blanks it's like i haven't like diablo 4 is a game kind of made for me but i won't play it for reasons yeah. and uh jay lethal being on tv against three of my favorite wrestlers i won't watch it 
for reasons. For I just reasons. happened to be watching it live. Um, so like I couldn't skip past it, but um, yeah. Yeah, I you know what, and I think that that's 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 perfectly fair. Um, yeah. I I enjoyed it. Um, it looked really funny, to be fair, and like they're they have this balance where they can do funny and also be taken seriously. Whereas like if a lot of wrestlers do funny, they can't be taken seriously. Um, yeah, it's, yeah. It, it's it's a nice balance to have. Yeah, for sure. Um, we had Aussie Open, I'm sorry, Aussie Open versus El Hijo, uh, El Hijo de Vikingo versus Commander. Um, and I 100% tuned out of this match. I mean, it was good. It, it's like, it, it, look, it looked good. Like, I think I was just. I wasn't tuned <sighs> out. Like, I was so happy to see Mark Davis back. I was so happy to see Aussie Open back together again. Um, I was just, uh, I was so, I, like, it was good. It kind of, it's like one of those things that was just, like, so good that my only comment is how good it was. I, like, I don't have anything more to say about it. It's just that, like, if... There was if, a lot of really cool stuff in the match. Exactly. Like, I just, if, I felt like it was a foregone conclusion. So, I, I, I don't know, like, I've mentioned this before as well. Like, I feel like Vikingo's matches... I really don't like using this phrase, but I don't know what else to use. It's a bit uh-huh. sweaty. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't feel like I'm watching a story being told. I feel like I'm watching setups for spots. I don't really like that. And there's only so much that Aussie Open can do to hide that. Yeah, I mean, for me, I don't. I don't want to shit on somebody because Vikingo is like a fucking like actual freak with some of the stuff that he does. But yeah. I don't know, like, um, I like stories, and I don't really feel like Vikingo tells stories. And I think he sets things up for. I think he has it in him. I think he's really talented. Yeah. I. I guess we're going to do this. Uh, my hot take is that I've never been, I've never particularly connected to Commander for much of the same reasons that you have never particularly connected to Vikingo. It's um, because he does the same thing in every match, right? He does that running the ropes in every match, and it doesn't matter which match it is, he will get that in. Yeah, um, that one drives me a little crazy um for me okay i guess we're getting into this the thing okay about... so i will I, I will take the heat off you this is why i do not like andrade okay that he does the same fucking thing every match and i think that this is why andrade did so well in nxt because he can come in and do six or seven different things that make the crowd pop but then everything else in between kind of like fades away Mm-hmm. And this is like, oh, this is the same sort of thing that I feel with Vikingo and Commander. Like, mm-hmm. whereas, like, I really like Aussie Open. They tell stories, but they, st- I feel like there was a disconnect in styles in this match. I, um, I didn't feel like there was a disconnect in styles. I thought it was very fun, but you know, I guess there wasn't really the kind of story that like hooked me into like remembering details and that's fine. Like not everything has to be that, you know what I mean? And like, I think that, you know, people speak disparagingly about spot fests, but I think every once in a while, a good spot fest is really fun. 
we were talking um, off mic about all of the action movies that I really like. And like, what is the Fast and the Furious franchise if not spot fests? That's true, <laughs> you know yeah. I, mean? I, know, like, I do like them sometimes. It's just when I know they're coming, yeah. I kind of like... I kind of choose. It's like it's right every time Matt Hardy wrestles, right? I know that I'm in for disappointment. So Matt Hardy could put on a five star match, but I would need to go back and watch it because I would have switched off. Oh, don't be mean to Matt Hardy. I don't have a particular reason it's... why. I just I love him. Stop. I love Stop him as well. He seems like a really wholesome guy. It's just it, I don't know. We've all seen his AW run. It's not meant to be mean. It's just like ah. Uh, I guess there's no real nice way to put what I just said, but it's not meant to be mean. <laughs> I um, yeah. For me, I think the thing that drives me crazy is that like if you're going to be doing a walk the rope spot, it needs to be a second. If you are spending like a good ten seconds walking on the ropes, balancing on another guy's hand, like it grinds the pace down to a halt. It drives me crazy. Um, it's also a I- suspension of disbelief thing, right? Like, uh, why are they? Why are these people still in this position? Are they just waiting for you to like run to get yourself balanced on the ropes, right? Yeah, I mean, this was suspension of disbelief thing. Like, your mileage will vary. I think I generally have a more expansive suspension of disbelief than most people. So, like, yeah, I, I can, I, I will, I will give, I will give, I rule of cool wrestling all the time. So, like, if a move looks good, like, I don't care that it looks collaborative because, like, it's cool as hell. Um, And, but, like, for me, rope walks, like, when Phoenix does it, when he is, like, completely by himself, balancing, running across the ropes and doing a a move, like, that's cool as shit to me. Like, they've also got, like, the young bucks ring sense, right? Like, yeah they this is like i guess um an intangible where like it that separates levels of talent and i'm not denigrating anyone's level of talent it's just that phoenix is a bit of uh an anomaly in in this sort of thing (laughs) like he um gets when these spots should be done and it feels authentic it doesn't feel like someone's waiting 15 or 20 seconds for him to get to get these things done right it, it just it just happens it's a little bit like you know when when the young bucks go on these like um hot pack things everything just falls into place kind of thing and phoenix does that but yeah not many people get that yeah 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 i would agree but all in all i like this tag team title match happy to see mark davis back Love Ozzy Open, love Vikingo. Um, uh, 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 Commander, you can stay. Um, and we'd like to see Ozzy Open as the tag team ty- champions. Actually, AEW maybe Ozzy uh, Open two belts or something like that. Like they are, they are um, exceptionally talented. They are. They um, are. They are. I will never. AEW are really, really lucky that for whatever reason, New Japan didn't see why everyone else sees in them. I will never forget Ozzy Open. I can't remember if it's Kyle or Mark sad tweeting about not seeing his tag team partner. <laughs> and then immediately the Bucks are like, this cannot stand. And like a week later they had a match with the Bucks. And then like and then it's they're just... like AEW mainstays. 
they're like they're such wholesome guys though aren't they they're just like not like these guys are amazing these guys are gonna get gonna get gonna have a match in aw and then obviously they're signed it's like their spidey sense tingled they were like they were like tag team partners being kept apart not on my watch <laughs> cm punk's just like these little fucking cunts looking for good vibes on twitter ever trying to get some positive pr look at these little bastards <laughs> we'll get to him but no um yeah love ozzy open um but that <sighs> that brings us to the main event of dynamite 200 so i was this not... was booked for me this is especially <laughs> for me yeah <laughs> I was not particularly like paying attention to what was going on, so I was legitimately surprised. That I was not even remotely was surprised. Um, just because um, I wasn't when... paying the closest attention. We said off mic. I was speaking about this off mic. Um, the Discord that we were in, I was like, Cheetah is winning because this is the main event, and this has been a reset dynamite, and they would not put this on the main event if there wasn't a reason for this. This is like, I don't know, from in my mind, this is like, oh, so this is a WrestleMania thing where they are going to close this on a high. And that is the reason that this is the main event. So if it had gone the other way, I'd have been absolutely fucking astounded. Um, this, it was pure shock for me because like I was kind of, so Dynamite 200 was um, when they announced that the Elite resigned, which we're going to get into later. Um, so I was kind of like coasting on that and I was just kind of like, my head was empty. The thing that like I wanted and needed the most had happened. Everything else was just gravy. Wasn't really super overanalyzing anything. So like this came as a shock to me. Like this was a surprise for me. Um, and like, you know, like looking back, I'm like, oh yeah. Like if I thought about it for like a sec, but I didn't think about it for a sec. Um, and it was just like, I, I am of two minds. Um, um, I am of two minds, which is, it is really nice that the main event of Dynamite 200 is a women's match. That's cool. Um, I like that. Um, but like, I also, um, I would be remiss if I did not point out that like, Anytime the women's division starts to get like a, a lot of criticism, like this is mere weeks after Britt Baker had a two minute squash match on Blood and Guts because there needed to be a women's match. Sorry, right. it was one minute and six seconds. It was literally that, that number is ingrained into my brain. They had 75 minutes of wrestling on blood and guts and there was one minute and six seconds of women's wrestling on that show that's shocking that's shocking yeah so this is mere weeks after that yeah. right and it does not escape my notice that every time um the 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 criticism of the women's division starts reaching a fissure, fever pitch um uh tony throws a bone like they get a main event match or they get like a big match this or like a significant match that like that's just like always what happens but like the foundations of the critiques and the problems that people are pointing out don't change so i just wanted to put that out there i don't want to be like a negative nancy or whatever uh, uh nancy nelly observations 
but like, it's a thing. Our, the, obs- the observations are not wrong. Like, right. this is what happens, right? It is like, what happens. Um, um, like, it's not being negative. It's not taken away from Sheeta. This is what Tony Khan does. He deflects. He doesn't address. Right, exactly. However, putting that all aside, Sheeta deserved this. Sheeta earned this. Sheeta yeah. has widely been regarded as one of the best AEW women's champions. Um, and she had the hardest championship, you know? Yeah. And it's like, you know, she had the hardest, hardest championship and Moxley had the hardest, hardest championship being champs during the pandemic. And they both did amazing. Sheeta did amazing. Sheeta carried so much on her back. She was given absolutely nothing. And then she knocked it out of the park anyway. She deserves. She has. She more than deserves. And she has earned. Like winning this belt. In front of a crowd. Like everybody. Loves her. She's just. She's just so wonderful and she's so talented. And just to like to see her have this amazing match with Tony Storm because like listen, I love Tony Storm. I really do. I love Tony Storm. I love the outcasts. I love that they're a little trio, a little faction. I love a little heel trio. Y'all know this about me by now. Um, I really love them. Tony Storm has been doing a great job as women's champ. But the feeling of Sheeta winning this belt in front of a crowd in the main event of a of a of the two hundredth episode of Dynamite, like the significant moment in Dynamite history. And, like, it was presented as a huge deal. We got the confetti cannons. We got, like, everything. Like, I couldn't be happier for her. I couldn't be happier for me as a fan to, like, see this happen. And, like, it was a shock to me. Like, I was shocked. Like, I really thought that there was going to be so much outcast interference to kind of, like, protect her in defeat. And, like, it didn't happen. And it was just, like, this burst of joy and you could see it and hear it on screen and it just it made me you really could happy. see it in Sheeta's face as well like it meant yeah. so much to her like <sighs> I, I, I I tweet about it like she defended her championship for was about like 370 days or something like that in front of nobody yeah. and she's gonna walk out and all in in front of the biggest wrestling crowd ever Good. other than North Korea yeah good <laughs> like good she's earned it like, yeah she really has um, she's amazing she's incredible i don't think the like enough uh, it, this is tony khan's pro- fault but i don't think really that many people get how good Sheeta really is like she's yeah. actually one of aw's best wrestlers yeah. um she is incredible she doesn't rest on her laurels either. Like when she's not being booked, she goes back to Japan and has excursions where like she hones herself more. It's not a coincidence that she's as good as she is. She wants to be the best and she is among the best. And yeah. she has absolutely fucking earned what she what she's been given. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm and like... I just can't wait to see her um walk out in front of AE. 
plus thousand people at all in and uh get the flowers that she deserves yeah yeah i'm just so happy i was so happy to see her win i'm so happy to see her you know getting a huge match at wembley like she's amazing and like it was a perfect cap to dynamite 200 it was such a feel-good episode from top to bottom and um yeah like it just it just feels good man like it felt good like like dynamite 200 day was a good day for me as an aew fan um and it was it was really nice It was. It was just nice to see. And currently we have Statlander and Sheeta as AW champions. And it's yeah. just um it's nice to see. I mean, um we'll see how Tony Khan deals with this because we've had these false starts several times. Mm-hmm. Um what we need now is for Sheeta to be given something more than just oh that this person wants my championship. She needs a story. Um, yeah. The, not not Sheeta specifically. The women's division need an actual story. Yeah. Um. Had this chat like Brian Alvarez t- touched on this um, on Wrestling Observer this week. People want to see women's wrestling. Yeah. Um. They do. They actually want to see women's wrestling. You take Roman Reigns out of WWE's ratings and the highest rated segments are weekly. And this, I think, has been going on now for about four or five months is women's wrestling segments. Mm-hmm. Um, you can take it, like, obviously, um, within the industry, there are problems where people may resent women from coming up through a system that is not designed for them to come up through. But as an actual as an actual audience, people want to see women wrestling. And Tony Khan has been um, indulging himself in this self-fulfilling philosophy for the last four years, whereby he's been putting women in death segments and then going, oh, but women don't draw. It's like, well, no, they don't, because you're putting them in these fucking horrible segments that don't draw, regardless of who is there. Yeah. Um, but people want to see women's wrestling. The star- stardom is doing excellent in the Western audience. Uh, TGPW is doing amazing in the Western audience. A lot of Maki Ito's fan base is a Western audience. People want to see women's wrestling, and this should be the reset that he needed for the women's division. I don't hold out a lot of hope that this is the moment. Yeah. But it should be. Yeah. And yeah. And if it's and if it's not, then what this will inevitably be is Tony Khan's deflection when he's next asked about it on a media call. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it'll be, it'll be another, well, Hey, you know, we had a, we had a great women's match and you know, the 200th episode of dynamite, which was a significant episode. And it's like, yeah, that's true. But it's like, I mean, like, God, I was talking about this on, uh, here's a quick plug on my, uh, podcast on the Indies that I, uh, that I have with Adam. Um, That's good for. I'll remember the name now. <laughs> but um, on, on 
on on the indies like we we were talking about this as well when um uh utami hayashishta i can pronounce it um when utami came uh for her uh three match loop in gcw um she like she was given top billing like she, uh, she was... looks so happy with her reception by the way like she yeah. looked like she wasn't sure if people knew who she was gonna be and then when people went fucking mental for her, she looked like she was on the verge of crying with um with her with her reception. It was lovely to see. And and she deserved it. Like she was so yeah. good. But like all of her so she had a three match loop on GCW. And like the first two she was semi main. And then the, the her last match of the loop, she was main event after the gcw world championship match like g like gcw say what you want about gcw but they have stars like women stars in their promotion that they treat seriously they treated utami seriously but they treat their own people seriously too and you can see that when you watch their shows and you go to their shows because they're so over because people love them people want to see women wrestle they do yeah they do um you know just like just look at uh masha slamovich with gcw world championship champion for um for for a while there uh before you know she screwed out of it by blake christian which is a fun story we talk about it on on the indies but like masha slamovich super over everybody loved her as champ um the like main event of cage of survival and gcw was masha slamovich versus rena yamashita the crowd was hot the crowd was red hot for masha slamovich rena yamashita um gcw crowd fucking loves rena yamashita like it's just like people like it's there like we want it people want yeah. it you just have to treat people like they matter because the that's what i was saying like do you, you did you watch nxt when uh oscar debuted i did not know you can guarantee that maybe like only 10 percent of people knew who she was um but the percent like they build her is like one of the biggest free agents in the world and they presented her as this massive star and like Oscar was popular, but like she, you know, like they presented her as almost like this global star that should be a household name, and people bought into it straight away. Like presentation is a big thing with how your audience reacts to things. And I've seen like a couple of people tweeting, like almost in support of Tony Khan about like how people were leaving during the Shida main event, and it's like, well. Yeah, because getting home is a pain in the arse. But also, if they did, it's the culmination. Of, and if it was not trying to get home and it was indifference, it's the culmination of his almost intended cooling of yeah. the division. Um, if you teach people over a protracted period that the content they are viewing does not matter, they, they will care. tune out to it. Um, but then, yeah. like, I... I, I you're gonna get none of those shitting me shitting on GCW. I've seen the Yuya Mashta matches. I have seen the Tamisha Shita matches. 
they treated her like those women like absolute fucking stars and Mm -hmm. the audience reacted to them like they were fucking stars and they were like clearly clamoring for more matches from them and it's Mm -hmm. not a coincidence that people like maki to mio yamashita goes back because they're booked well and they're treated well yeah yeah um and it's not a coincidence that they could only get that um aw could only get utami for ring of honor and this might this is this is peak pettiness from tony khan they only had utami on ring of honor after she appeared at nxt um it was clearly not something that he had planned to do because he did not have the rights to their music it was clearly a last minute thing and it was something reactive he was like all right we need to get us the stardom lady on on the um on the card because she may go to wwe otherwise interesting they didn't have the music like a lot of people were giving him shit for having the music but like uh for not having the music and like there were i think a a lot of that was like lost on people that actually trying to get the music right licenses would probably take more than a day but um it was kind of lost in the point that the reason that tony khan booked her was because she was taking pictures next to yo shirai um interesting yeah Yeah, and it's like you know and like with the women's division like i think you know there are so many like even when i was so i i did go to blood and guts um and we can talk about that at some point if you want um when we talk about the elite but i did go to blood and guts uh worst travel day of my life um and uh like when brit came out for that squash match like the vibe of the crowd really was like hey Brit we love you we know what's happening here and like like the crowd was like really supportive but like trying to be despite have you seen that show on tv I haven't seen it on tv she looked mad and I don't think that I'm projecting. Yeah. Um, I would be too. I wasn't, I'm not. I'm not the only person that picked up on this. But like, there's a there's a difference between Britt Baker's performances uh-huh. and Britt Baker as a person. And I think we were seeing Britt Baker as a person on TV, and she seemed less than enthused about being asked to go out there. Well, because and she knew what she was being asked to do. She knew that she was being asked well, to go was, out there. She was a, a token. She was a token. Yeah, she knew she was a token. She's not yeah. dumb. She, she this knew what that was. This is a fucking dentist. This is someone with an actual medical degree. Yes. And she was very cognizant of what she, what she was being used as. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Absolutely. 100%. One minute and six seconds, by the way. One minute like, and six seconds. And like, do, our and, entrance was longer than our match. And the crowd, like, yeah, like a lot of people left during that match because, of course, they did. Um, and the crowd that remained, like, I really did feel like it was like a, hey, like, we still support you. Like, we're still going to yeah. show up for Britt Baker. Like, we still love you. But everybody in that building knew what the fuck was happening in that moment. 
everybody did. And I will tell you what, Brit was not the only one pissed off about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, the first kind of like, I mean, there's been issues with the women's division on Twitter, but right, yeah, let's, um, Saria tweeted, and I commented on this. Like, someone asked her what her hopes was for All In, and it was basically like, I hope a very long. It was a thing. very very long winded. Give divas a chance. Yeah. And that's actually what it was. Like, the the question was specifically about, hey, Soraya, what do you want to do at Wembley? And Soraya was like, there are so many wonderful, amazing, talented women in this company. And I just, like, I hope that they get the time and the presentation they deserve. And, like, that's telling. It really was telling. It was, like, a really well-crafted tweet, actually. Yeah. Um, but you can tell that she's like two steps away from AJ Leeing it. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll do that after we talk about MJF and Adam Cole. <laughs> that was so good. This rivalry has been amazing. It's um like the the whole story has been amazing. I I will say I I will contend. I think they should have. I think they ha- should have won the tag team championships. I think that would have been the better story. Um, I think that's the story that the fans wanted, and I think that's yeah. the one they probably should have went with at the minute. Yeah, I don't think Tony Khan has um, a lot of good faith reserves at the moment, and that would have given him some. That would have given him some. Um, wouldn't have given him some with FTR though. So I guess uh, you know. I don't know. They yeah, seem they like did... reasonable guys, right? <laughs> yeah, they seem so happy that. Uh, MJF and Adam Cole um, got over so organically by having a dance off. Um, yeah, they were really thrilled when they played um, like MJF's music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really thrilled about that. Yeah, they, uh, they behaved. They behaved like faces. It was cool. Yeah, no, um, definitely. It was definitely like a real good time, um, and they uh, did not uh, show contempt for an audience that enjoyed the thing that happened. Um, no, being in the crowd at MJF, like like at, at MJF, at Blood and Guts, watching MJF and Adam Cole and like the crowd reaction, like it was insane. <laughs> like it like people were deafeningly into this. Like just having a great time, laughing, having a party. It was such a good match to have on the card before Blood and Guts. Because it really heated up the crowd by giving them, like, they were, like, invested and excited. Um, but it was nothing like what the main event, what the Blood and Guts cage match was going to be. So the crowd was, like, up and excited and engaged and having a great time. And then when it was time to, like, have the main event, like, everybody was, like, really into it really happy and like got something completely different so they weren't exhausted at all either um it was just a it was just great mjf like this is what i've been wanting from him this is what i've been saying all along that i've wanted from him yeah and it's it's 
people think that, like, you know, when you and I have said in the past that we don't really like what MJF has given us at the moment, that, like, he's just acting like a heel, but, like, you want to see a heel get their comeuppance. You don't want, like, you, and you definitely don't, the wrestling company definitely don't want you to be fast-forwarding through their segments. Mm-hmm. This is the M- this is the MJF that we've known that we could have since the Dictator John thing. Um, or actually, maybe not. Actually, this is a step above everything that he's done before. It's He's like forging an actual connection with the audience at the moment. And it's yeah. not because he's being a babyface. Like, he's outright taking the piss out of babyface wrestling and babyface characters. Um, it's it's almost like the W audience are saying like, yes, this is the person that we want to represent us kind of thing. Um, when, this, is, this is AEW. When we, um, when he said, I'm still a scumbag, but I want to be your scumbag. I was like, yes, finally, you get it. Like you get what we're looking for from you. It was really interesting to me to hear his speech about um, rejection-sensitive dysphoria. Yeah. Um, because it's like, it's one of those things where, like, I'm not sure that any everybody would, like, be familiar with or take super seriously. Oh, I have that. Like, I have ADHD. I yeah. Have, like, and I have experienced what, like, you know, rejection-sensitive dysphoria. It's unpleasant, and it does... Obviously, within his character, it makes him do shitty things. In real life, it just makes you keep people at arm's length. Yeah, yeah. you don't, because it's easier to do that than to uh, confront the issues that happen when you put yourself out there kind of thing. Um, Yeah. But it was, I thought it was a really interesting promo. I I was um, very revealing. It was. It was really interesting to me um, because I remember around the time when I was saying that MJF should go babyface, um, and and like I was I was really I was really certain about this that MJF should go babyface, and I got a couple of like replies on that tweet um, that was like actually like actually talked about rejection sensitive dysphoria and like talked about like you know like he might not be comfortable doing that because like because of this and and, and like because yeah. of, you know what i mean and i kind of um i was a little bit dismissive of it like i have also experienced rejection sensitive dysphoria right like that's something that was a pretty big mainstay in my childhood and i think that if somebody like hasn't really experienced it, it's just like, it's such an isolating experience. And like, I feel like everybody's experienced rejection. Like everybody doesn't like rejection, right? I think as well, like it's a really difficult thing to appreciate. Um, I did psychology and neuroscience and on an intellectual level, I very much understood uh anxiety and depression but i didn't fully appreciate the toll that it exacts until i experienced those things right so even if you can 
um, appreciate or try to empathize with it. I don't think that people can really ever fully appreciate what it is. So him like explaining exactly what it is, it's I don't know. I thought it was really cool to see that on TV. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, I just re- like remember that that one person on Twitter who was talking about it, and I was like, I was a little dismissive. I was like, listen, like he's a performer, and like this is the best move for him to take as a performer, and like I do stand by that. Um, but I think that I think that this speech of Max's really proved that person's point right more than me, right? Because like I I did not. I was one of the people who was like, I don't think that that's like really like the angle that they're really going for, but it was. So, you know, that person, if you're listening, you were right. And I was wrong. (laughs) But yeah, it was just, it was really interesting to me. I could feel like the audience wasn't quite sure. Cause like, I I don't think they know how to react. And I think Um... they missed the peak of that too i'm they missed two peaks they missed the peak um when it was mjf versus cm punk um and they missed the the peak which would have been um better than you baby winning the titles so they kind of missed two peaks where that would really hit right um and and i think that they did the the best they could to not let out too much air um where do they where do they really put that though like that that was um that was a glimpse into max rather than mjf and it was an explanation as to what it was an explanation as to the decisions that have led had led to him doing the things on screen as a character but motivated by max as opposed to mjf uh you need they may have missed the boat, but it might have been the first time that MJF was comfortable speaking about it. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point too. Um, um and I think that maybe even I, I don't know, I thought it was a good point to put a good place to put it in as well because Adam Cole did the stabby back thing. Yeah, um, I, I saw that. Um, and the last time that he did that, he and that's also something I think that that might have been the reason that uh, what's his name was losing his shit back backstage wasn't because MJ he like embraced MJF it was because he was like I've seen this movie before and the ending yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. sucks. Um, I love that you have yeah. uh, Roddy. What's his name, by the way? Um, truly, it's truly, it's truly true to his character. <laughs> <laughs> It, um, it, it would have came to me eventually, but I can't be arsed start, um, editing out the stammering. That's yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. Um, it's a little bit of revealing the how the sausage is made there. <laughs> it is unspeakably tragic to me. Um, this knowledge that MJF has like always like we've always seen glimpses of the heart that resides within mjf and like that he can be like such a compelling person and that he's just like driven to be the way that he is because of his horrible experiences in his past and then like it is unspeakably tragic to me that he'll, he finally finds somebody that he feels like he can be safe to be vulnerable with and he feels and so he's safe. gonna betray him 
Yeah, and he feels like safe enough even that he can be vulnerable, not just with that person, but with that person in front of a, an audience. Yeah. Right? And and it's just, it is in, it is unspeakably tragic to me how that's going to end in, like, him being betrayed. Like, the one... He's going to lose the championship because of it. Like I... I think that Cole, I think that Cole is going to win the championship at all in, um, and I think it's going to be like a fucking horrible betrayal. Um, God, I don't know. oh my God, I would hate that so good. I would hate it so good. Like the 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 sense of impending doom threading throughout this story is. So so delicious i've not wanted them to betray it like every single time they've been on screen i've had this like anxiety almost like wait is this where it ends is this where they betray each other but when he did that promo on on uh wednesday i just like seen the ending of the all-in match i was like um and i was like this is going to be horribly beautiful to watch. If I had my if if, if I had my way, right? Um, MJF and Adam Cole would have won the tag team championships, and they would have been um, a cool mismatched bro uh, tag champ pair until the audience got sick of them, and then we would have this sickening betrayal of Adam Cole. If I had, I my think way, this is worse. I actually do. I, I think they're lucky. I think they're very lucky. Um, they're very, very lucky that MGF is comfortable speaking about things that are very obviously real life issues. Yeah. Um, in front, it, they are going to manifest in storyline because this is going to be worse than if they were champions. And um, yeah, I, I I think that it's going to result in this. <sighs> I would just. I've, love... criti- I've criticized MGF for bringing up real life things in the past, uh-huh. so I don't really, I don't really know like how. <laughs> I don't really know if it's like right to like. Where's the line, right? Because I've, because I've criticized MGF for bringing up like Brian Pillman's dad and stuff like that, and now I'm saying that he's bringing up very real, personal issues to himself. Uh, it's going to result in one of the worst worst best endings to a feud in a very long time and it's like that just occurred to me i'm like oh yeah um i've criticized mjf for doing this so many times and now he's doing it to himself and it's going to be horrible to watch but also glorious to watch so yeah Yeah, where's the line kind of thing yeah there's definitely a line i don't know where it is but god like i do i do love this i think this story is really good it's really good i think i think it was the best bad. thing on aw just now like it is. It comfortably is. and let like let's not ignore the fact that the elite are going through a very good storyline at the minute but yeah like this yeah. is the best thing on aw at the minute and it's the best thing we've gone for a very long time i think i think this is i think this could very well be the way that adam cole turns heel again because adam cole is a career heel and he wants to be a heel um, he looks like a prick. It's really difficult to act like a babyface when you look like Adam Cole. When yeah, he he just like he just like 
And it's really weird because he's a nice guy, but he just looks like a prick. <laughs> he's doing great. He's doing great. But yeah. And also, like, I think that, like, this is, uh, I don't, I don't, we spoke a little bit about how the betrayal could go down on the server. And in retrospect, I think that Alvarez's idea might be the wrong one, but like, Britt Baker should be involved somehow because that could elevate like part of the women's division to actual main event status, right? I'm of two minds. Um, I don't think that Britt Baker needs to be involved in everything to do with Adam Cole is is my first one. Um, I feel very leery of uh, real life couples being on screen together. I think sometimes sometimes it can be fun. I have had fun with it previously with Britt Baker and Adam Cole, but I don't I want I want them to be separate on TV. I, I don't you know. I think that they can do it fine. And the reason that I know that they can do it fine was you know when they did the entrance with Adam Cole and Britt for the mixed mixed tag? Mm-hmm. Britt didn't kneel in front of him. She didn't do the the Roddy. She didn't do the MGF. She was mm-hmm. next to him. Yeah. Like she was his equal. Yeah. Um I think and that a that to me gives me the confidence that they're not gonna like tie um uh Tanara Sammy. They're going to be absolutely fine if they put them on screen together and they'll yeah. elevate each other rather than turn Britt Baker into what NXT put her as as Adam Cole's girlfriend. Yeah, I think um I think I still prefer them mostly separate, but I see your point. Yeah. But yeah, I um all that's going to be interesting. And then a week later we have or sorry, all in is going to be interesting. And then a week later, uh we will have all out and shake it all about. <laughs> I had had three beers when I wrote that. It was a good I'd joke. I had no water. <laughs> it was it was a great joke. All in, all out, shake it all about. Perfect, perfect joke. Love it. For anyone that is going, like I hope you enjoy yourself enough to justify exiting Wembley. <laughs> is that is that a comment for yourself as well? It's it's a reminder that I'm gonna have a good. T- so we were speaking about this on the wrestling Discord, right? Everyone's uh-huh. really psyched, and here's me just going, but "Yes, I'm looking forward to seeing this, and I'm gonna have a really fun time." But my overarching memory of all of the times I've been to Wembley is the I just don't want to go to London. Gonna, you're never going to escape. You're never going to I, escape. <laughs> no, like the exit's purgatory. Like it, like if purgatory is a real thing, it's exit in Wembley. I remember both going into and leaving the first Grand Slam show. So that show was, um, what was it, like 20,000 people? Yeah. That show was like 20,000 people. And I remember like the lines were so long. It took so long to get in. And then leaving, I remember leaving like a little early because like I actually um, had very far to go. 
to leave to 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 leave um after after Grand Slam. And like I remember leaving a little bit earlier and like and not a minute too soon because those crowds were horrifying. <laughs> I don't even know what to do. Like, I went to Green was, Day. That was a third. That was a third of the people. Right. But imagine that, right? Uh-huh. Exit and that. But it's a th- but there's three times that that, ha- that only have one exit. That only have one, one street. exit. One and street. Are going, and are going to the same train station. Good fucking luck, man. Good luck. Godspeed. And, uh, to be fair, like the good luck is probably more my wife because I'm gonna moan like absolute fuck from the <laughs> second we leave until the t- second we get into our hotel room. I do not travel well. I travel grumpily. Um, I don't travel well and, either. I feel that. <laughs> like. But yeah, yeah. So they decided to do all in and all out uh, within a week of each other, and they're both pay per views. And it's yes. like. Uh, Tony, do you think we're all it's billionaires? It's one hundred and twenty. It's one hundred and twenty dollars in the U.S. Right for the two uh, for the two things. For for both of them. Uh, yeah. God, is it? I know. I think. Um, I think my friend. There was like a pay per view package that my friend bought, so I think we're good. Yeah, I bought that as well. It was I think uh, we're good. sixty pounds or something for. I oh, know you need to buy all in if you don't. If you have that, even if you have that package. Even if you package. have that, you need to buy all in. Yeah. Right, right, right. And it's kind of like um, this is the problem about having uh pricing for things set by a a billionaire because it's like how much could a banana cost? Ten dollars. Um, the, uh, pricing, the pricing situation, the pricing situation for AEW has been absolutely, uh, fucking unreal. It's actually spectacularly tone deaf. Like, um, I, uh, we, we had an interaction about this on Twitter, right? I was like, how stupid do you have to be to oversaturate your product and overprice it at a time when there is absolutely zero buzz about what you are selling i have been to uh both grand slam shows um my experience at grand slam last year was not a happy one because you'll remember it was several weeks after all out last year <laughs> something happened around about then i can't remember something what happened it was. Around about then. something happened around about then um so first of all that was not a great experience for me and now i go to buy tickets and they're twice the price and i'm like you don't want me to go to this fucking show then do you i had a look at those prices they're fucking three times what i paid for a 12 for ticket at wembley by the way that's it's actually absurd that's insane I, New York is not a not a fucking inexpensive city. Uh-huh. <laughs> I know. It's so wild. Meanwhile, like, meanwhile, bitches are getting floor seats at collision for fifty dollars. Make it make sense. Uh um that's because they want one of those to sell out, right? Because otherwise we'll um Mm-hmm. To quote somebody on the surfer, we'll move the clocks forward to uh, minutes to Mindy's. <laughs> Look, I'm just saying that if they want to have like good ticket sales for Collision, all they have to do is put a great big draw on that show. 
Which brings us to the Elite Every Sign. Yay! Let's talk about the Elite. It's time for me to talk about the Elite, finally. <laughs> um, Alex is dying a little bit. That's fine. I really took him out with that little zinger. Uh, <laughs> he's doing great. He's having a great time. <laughs> My special little guys uh, re-signed with their special little company, and I couldn't be happier. There has been... You know, I, it has been said at this point that they were very back and forth whether they were going to stay or whether they were going to go. And I think that, that the has votes been, changed. That the votes changed, yeah. And yeah. I think that um, that is very apparent in their storytelling. There are things about, you know, how their stories have kind of shaken out that have, ma that have made me concerned that they are speed running to kind of a conclusion or to a possible conclusion. Um, which has been very anxiety producing to me for a bunch of reasons. Personally, I don't want to see them in WWE because I don't watch that company. Um, and, um, but, you know, I think that there's, there's been a lot of talk about, you know, whether um, TK particularly cares about them. I think, I think this proves that they, that, that he does. Um, Dynamite 200 proves he does. Dynamite Prue 100 did prove that he does. The fact that he was able to lock, uh, like, I think it's pretty apparent that their um, their plan was to hold off until their, um, or at least it was an option to hold off until their deals. The money that they got to sign right now is money that I don't think that WWE would have matched. I think it's, actually. I think it's, I think it's, even, even if money, even if WWE matched, they wouldn't have been able to match the schedule. I even even if it's money, I think that they were offered enough to make them happy, which I think at this point would have had to be significant because I think that there were things that made them very unhappy. The Young Bucks are the highest paid tag team in wrestling history. I don't know if that's uh, accounting for inflation, but a uh, nice feather in their cap, nonetheless. Um, but business. mostly. Most mm, mm. mostly, I just love the fact that they're here, that they're saying that they're going to be able to continue telling their stories. Um, that I was that something that I said actually in the server, wasn't it? Like I really yeah. enjoy watching the elite, but the last few weeks I've felt like I'm watching the end of their run, and I've not so I've not been able to like fully enjoy what they're doing. Yeah, um, I, and I've been now with I just feel like feel like. Yes, now I can just go back to enjoying what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. And so it's I, nice. It really is. And I just, um, I, I'm just really excited. I'm really excited about what's next. I'm really excited to see what they have up their sleeves. I'm really excited to be able to enjoy them without having this hanging over my head. You know, I'm excited that they're just not exiting like either the company or wrestling all together they've just like they get like so much crap so i just um i just think the stories that we have in store for us are going to be really interesting now that i think that they're going to have the space to tell them yeah. and i think it was perfect that they waited until dynamite 200 to announce for it 
Apparently, and they did have the contracts agreed a few weeks ago, right? And that probably ties. Yeah, that probably ties into their um, their whole skit about the contracts on being the elite, which is delightful. Um, it's, it is really delightful to think about their their skit on B, their skits on BTE about like uh, going with Chili's versus Wendy's was really interesting. That was what was giving me the fucking anxiety because they're. Dicks, like they will put that on fucking being the elite. That's so interesting because, like, it was actually reassuring to me in a weird way. Like, I like to me, I felt like okay, they probably wouldn't be doing this and wouldn't be saying this if they were going anywhere. Um, but you know, like, the anxiety was real. Um, and like, I think you know what, like, I think. You can see the votes changing in the BTE skits. Like when uh, when uh, Hangman started having the money shakes in BTE, this was a while back, uh, which was a callback to Cody Rhodes getting the money shakes when they were uh, teasing whether they were going to go to WWE in 2018. Yeah. Um, before AEW was a, was a thing yet. So I just... Um, it, it was a, it's really interesting how they speak through their art, isn't it? Um, yeah. Because, like, you could say that that's a work shoot, but, like, that's, like, a, that's an expressing emotion and experience through art, which I think is, uh, yeah. is something different. There's a bit, big difference between creating a skit ar- around a general feel and going out and saying, I am the adult in the room. Yeah. Yeah. But I just think that um, I just feel good about this place that AEW is in right now. I feel good about, you know, the Elite are my special little guys. I feel good about the position that they're in now, which helps me enjoy the product more. And yeah. I I have hopes. Um, I have hopes. Um, and I'm going to continue being positive about them and i think that the stories that they get are going to be really good and also um blood and guts was really good blood and guts was really good really glad i went it was <laughs> the kind of biggest face when those when that bed of nails fell on his arm is just that broke me by the way like it really did it just like it was like oh yeah this went all went to what the fuck Yep. <laughs> Everything went according to plan. And then, like, the pictures of the aftermath of that are brutal. Also, right. being the elite when Kenny was pulling the thumbtacks out of Abushi's back, it was just like, ah, <laughs> oh, he really cares about Abushi, doesn't he? That was, uh, that was, yeah. Yeah. He was like, why did you do that? <laughs> You're crazy. Oh. <laughs> uh... Yeah. I loved how everyone thought that Ibushi was fucked as a performer, and he's like, actually, my shoes were just too thin. Poor man. Poor man. I didn't think that. Sometimes I think that people should... I know this is rich coming from me, but sometimes I'm like, don't nitpick everything. Maybe just take a step... Like, this is a lot... This is an art that is that is live. You don't get retakes. You don't get rehearsals. And sometimes shit goes wrong, and I think that sometimes it's important to let go to the de- let go of the details and see the thing as a whole. Um, and 
that's uh that's that's the attitude that i'm going to bring with me as you know the elite continue to tell their story like i mean like being critical that's true i think i'm more critical than you to be fair I, sometimes I feel like I'm very critical. Like, I definitely overanalyze elite lore, um, but, like, I think I'm right. <laughs> we need to do the outro, because we've got, like, two minutes left of recording time. I figured that you would just, like, add the outro later once, uh, once StreamYard cut us off. You're part of the outro. <laughs> you need to be present for the outro. Follow me at Fake Sport Feel on Twitter and Blue Sky. <laughs> Listen I'm not to editing this, by the way. Huh? I'm not <laughs> editing this. Good. <laughs> I said what I said. <laughs> so, yes, you can follow MX on what she just said, and you can also hear her on the indies, and you can also check out her, at, well, our other podcasts, Tokyo Joshi Freedom Fighters, Into the Wrestleverse, Flight of Five, New Japan, The Ocean Cyclone Show, and I think Chaka Pro. I think Chaka Pro. I don't know. I Some one about Chaka Pro. Yeah, um, and simply search wrestling wherever you listen to our podcasts, and you can find me at Alex underscore M one nine seven on pretty much everywhere. So yeah, yeah. bye. Yeah. Bye.
There is one exit, oh and there is one train line. 